Are you ready for some football? Some Monday night football? Welcome back to Viper Bites. I'm Matt Donnelly. Check me out on Twitter at Matt Donnelly FF. And while you're watching this, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you smash that like. I appreciate each and every one. Get in these comments. Make sure you let me know what you think of the video. Any questions, send them in here. I'll make sure to get on them. I'll make sure I answer each and every question that comes through. If you're watching on Apple or if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, thank you very much. Make sure you hit that rate and review. And make sure you download each and every episode because we got you coming strong. And if you're looking for the full week of previews, head back to uh, our ViperCast episode each and every week, 10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. We go live each and every week. We talk about the preview each and every match. We go starts and sits. We talk waiver wire. And you know what? If you like the numbers and stuff, head over to fantasypoints.com. Enter promo code 21VIPERS10. Get 10% off your subscription. I guarantee you the numbers you see here, they've been provided by fantasypoints.com. Now, without further ado, we've got ourselves a real good matchup here for Monday Night Football. We've got a 4-1 and Bills team that looks like world beaters coming off a huge win against the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, they're five and a half point favorites over the Tennessee Titans, and that over-under is set at 53. Now, the Titans, they're coming off a win themselves. They went in and they got the big dub over Jacksonville there. They've moved to 3-2, and two, and they're getting some help back. A.J. Brown came back last week. Uh, Julio Jones is coming back this week. So there's a lot of excitement going on in Tennessee that they've kind of weathered this storm of injuries, hopefully for now, and hopefully bigger and better things are coming. Now, speaking of injuries, the Buffalo Bills are pretty healthy by whatever standard you want to set. Right now, it looks like Matt Milano who missed last week. He's limited again this week with a hamstring. There's a possibility that he plays on Monday Night Football. I'm recording this on Friday. Things can change, but I'm really starting to think that I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Milano sits out one more week. Now, they're going to need him because what the Titans do best is run the ball, and they're going to need run stoppers there. Now, A.J. Klein, he filled in admirably, I guess, if you want to call it that, but we're talking Derrick Henry, who's a beast altogether. We can do a whole show on Derrick Henry, and you know what? Maybe I will. That said, injuries for the uh, Tennessee Titans. Julio Jones, back at practice, full practice. He's coming back from a hamstring injury. Look for him to be ready to go. A.J. Brown was last week with that hamstring. Looked a little iffy. We'll see if he improves this week and how he plays. Bud Dupree, he is back, full practice, coming back from a knee injury. Now, two corners here on Friday. Uh, Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley, they didn't uh, practice on Thursday. So keep an eye on their status going forward because that's going to make a little bit of a difference there, especially when it comes to this passing offense that the Bills are going to bring forward. And guard Rogers Staffold. He was, did not practice with a shoulder injury. That was back on Thursday. So we'll see how those injuries affect. But those injuries at the cornerback position, they're key because the Bills like to throw the ball. And you know what? Josh Allen, he's projected to be the quarterback two this week. Again, all my fantasy projections here they're coming courtesy of fantasypoints.com you can head over there they got projections and everything you're looking for uh josh allen this looks like it'd be a great matchup for him and hopefully one of those get right games for stefan Diggs. allen comes into this contest with 129.6 fantasy points which puts him at fourth amongst quarterbacks only behind patrick mahomes and tom brady and lamar jackson who just absolutely balled out last monday night maybe we're gonna get a josh allen Kind of ball out game here, which is definitely a possibility. Now, Tennessee ranks 21st in passing yards allowed. We're giving up 264.4 yards per game, while Allen averages 311.6 yards per contest. Plus, he adds another 40 yards on the ground. And you know what? 
that's probably not going to make this Tennessee defense sleep any better at night. Now, Allen has combined for 14 touchdowns, 12 passing, two rushing. He's only got two interceptions so far in this young campaign. Now, since losing the Steelers back in week one, Allen has at least two passing touchdowns in each of the following four games, including three touchdowns and 315 yards against the Chiefs last week. And if Trevor Lawrence could throw for 273 yards and a touchdown, the only thing holding back Josh Allen in this matchup is the game script. And that's if it turns very heavily in favor of a run game for the Bills. Now, we mentioned Stefan Diggs being a get-right kind of game. He's projected by fantasy points to be that wide receiver for. Is this the game that he gets right? Bills fans are hoping for it. Fantasy managers are hoping for it. I think Stefan Diggs is really hoping for it. You can see him a little bit of frustration out there, but hey, the Bills are winning, and that's what matters the most. Last year, Diggs was number one in targets, in receptions, and in yards, and third in fantasy points. This year, ninth in targets, 15th in reception, 16th in yards, 25th in fantasy points. And if you go by yards per game, he or fantasy points per game, he is 29th in that category. He has yet to reach 20 or more fantasy points in a game this season after hitting that mark seven times last year. There are plenty of receivers that would be happy with Stefan Diggs' numbers. 28 receptions, 47 targets, 374 yards. But it's a bit of a letdown to see those numbers stacked up against last year. In fact, four of his five games this season, he has recorded between 60 and 70 yards receiving. And in the other one, game against Houston, we saw him kind of get back to his old self there as far as statistically speaking is concerned with seven catches on 11 targets for 114 yards. Now, he didn't have the big touchdown numbers last year. That's why he was third when it comes to fantasy points, but he still led the league in targets, receptions, and yards. He doesn't have those touchdowns so far this year. Let's see if they can get right here. I think this is one of those get-right type games for him. Now, a wide receiver who really doesn't get need to get right, who's really exceeded expectations so far, is Emmanuel Sanders. Right now, he's projected to be the wide receiver 31. Now, what if I told you, what if I told you before the season started that when it came to fantasy points for the Bills and PPR, it wouldn't be Diggs and it wouldn't be Colton Beasley, but in fact, it would be a 34-year-old free agent that they brought in that would be leading this team in that category. That's exactly what Emmanuel Sanders has done. Sanders has 75.9 fantasy points this year. That's an average of 15.2 fantasy points per game. Now, helping those numbers kind of inflate a little bit is the four touchdowns that he's hauled in. He trails only Dawson Knox for the team high. Uh, Knox has five. Emmanuel Sanders has those four. And along with his 19 receptions for 322 yards, he's got 16.9 yards per reception. And Allen is hitting Sanders for those chunk plays. You can see it out there. Now, both Sanders and Diggs should have good days considering the Titans secondary is giving up a league high. Ready for this? 47.3 fantasy points per game to the position. The way I see it, there's a good chance that both Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders hit that 20-point plateau for this, which gives you a good, solid start. Now, when we talk about two good receivers, we have to talk about two receivers that the expectations may have been a little bit higher heading into the season that have not met those. Cole Beasley, projected as the wide receiver 39. Gabriel Davis, wide receiver 77. Now, I have to be honest. I'm not even sure that Cole Beasley or Davis is on the field when you look at a statistical point of view. I mean, I look at Beasley, and he has some numbers on that stat line, 26 catches, 34 targets, 215 yards. 
but it's a far cry from this all pro campaign in 2020. And Davis, Davis only has eight targets converting on half of those and accounting for 79 yards and a touchdown. So between Beasley and Gabriel Davis, they've played five games. Now they've combined for 34 receptions. They have 44 targets between the two of them. They have 294 yards combined and one touchdown. Basically, if you combine the two of them together, you have one wide receiver three. Now Beasley has two games with 13 targets, but he's also got two games with two targets and another game with only four targets. In fact, it seems like Beasley is being phased out altogether. Look at the snap counts the last three weeks. He's gone from 66% of the snaps to 50% of the snaps to 39% last week. Now we need to talk about the Bills running game. Now Zach Moss is projected to be the RB15. And the Titans have been in the middle of the pack when it comes to stopping the run. They're giving up about 112.8 yards per game. And they've kind of let the Jaguars run wild on them last week for 198, 149 of which James Robinson accounted for. Now in four games this season, Zach Moss has 46 carries, 184 yards, while splitting those touches with Devin Singletary. More on him in a second, by the way. Now, Moss, for me, he's tough to gauge. He is that power back. The Bills wanted him to be the guy last year, but the injuries kind of prevented that. They piled up. He couldn't get right. He couldn't get on the field. And you see him kind of struggle there. Now, this year, he has four touchdowns, three on the ground, one receiving, but he also has 10 targets in the passing game. Now, Moss finds himself currently as the RB25. If you want to do that per game, he comes up a little bit higher as the RB18. And that's all because of those touchdowns. Let's be honest. You take away those touchdowns, he's going to drop down drastically. We'll talk about that. Um, if you look at those numbers, it's very Legarrette Blunt-esque, so to speak. He's only ran for 60 or more yards twice this season. He's never had more than 61. His other two games, he put up 35 and 26 yards on the ground. Last week against the Chiefs was a good game, I guess. He only had 37 yards on the ground, but he also added 55 more yards on the ground with three receptions for 92 total yards. Now, Devin Singletary, if if Zach Moss is peanut butter, then Singletary is the jelly. Sorry, I'm getting kind of hungry right now as I, I've done a couple of these shows now back to back. Now, they're basically the completely opposite but they work really well together. Now, Singletary doesn't have the TD rate that Moss has going on, but he has been outproducing him as far as yardage is concerned. Now, currently, Singletary is the RB35 in fantasy with 44.6 points through the five games. But if you add those three touchdowns that Moss has, it shoots Singletary up to RB20. But we don't play in a world of ifs. So here are them stats and facts. Singletary leads the Bills in carries with 55 yards, uh, 55, and in yards with 284, while averaging an impressive 5.2 yards per carry. Unfortunately, along with a low touchdown rate, Singletary has been silent in the passing game, in which he only has eight catches for 13 yards. And Moss outsnapped Singletary last week as Singletary saw a season low 26% of the snaps, while Moss, doing the math quickly, had 74% of the snaps. At tight end, the Bills got themselves a good one. Every year, a tight end emerges from the ashes. We've seen the likes of Logan Thomas, or yeah, Logan Thomas there. We've seen Robert Tunyon years past. We got Dawson Knox projected as a tight end 12. Currently, and here's the kicker, he is a tight end three this year with 74.1 fantasy points, averaging 14.8 per game. 
He trails only Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. And I do that tongue-in-cheek a little bit because Mark Andrews had a huge game in Week 5 when it comes to overall fantasy points. That's right. He's ahead of the Darren Wallers. He's ahead of TJ Hawkins. And he's ahead of Kyle Pitts. He's even technically ahead of Gronk, even though Gronk leads all tight ends in fantasy points per game with an outlandish 19.5 fantasy points per game. If Dawson Knox had a wide receiver designation, he would be the wide receiver 21 right now, right behind teammate Emmanuel Sanders. And that would obviously put him ahead of Stefan Diggs. It's the touchdowns that have catapulted Knox to his perch amongst the tight ends. His five receiving touchdowns have him tied for second in the league and tied for first with Kelsey and Gronkowski there amongst tight ends. Nearly 28% of Knox's receptions have been for touchdown this year, and he's added 261 yards on top of those 18 catches. Now, Knox has been tough to defend as he's attacked deep, and you see that with his 14.5 yards per reception, including that 53-yard uh, catch there last week against the Chiefs, in which Tyron Matthew is really questioning the competency of one Daniel Sorensen again, because I think it happened like twice. Now, when we run it back to the other side of the field, we look at the film, we watch what we want to watch. Ryan Tannehill, projected as the QB 20. He's 19th in the league in passing yards with 1,251. He's QB 20 when it comes to fantasy with 86.04 uh, fantasy points. Last year, the word for Tannehill was efficiency. He made the most of each and every pass that he made, and he finished as a QB 7 overall. Both Julio Jones and A.J. Brown have missed time this season, and he no longer has Corey Davis as his emotional crutch. Now, now when you look at it, missing both Julio, missing A.J. Brown, not having Corey Davis, you can see the justification of why there'd be a bit of a drop-off. But 63.6% completion percentage paired with a QBR of 54.5 is not going to get you to meet those expectations that you know many of us in the community had for Tannehill going into the season. And we, I get it. We all know that this team runs through Derrick Henry. It always has, always will. But when you score 37 points in a win against Jacksonville last week, that stat line is a little bit disheartening. 14 of 22, 197, and a touchdown. You're expecting a little bit more. At least I am. And that, that's literally 14 fantasy points. You throw in some rushing yards, it's like 15.2. And then for me, for me, the bar is set. You, if you're going to put a starting quarterback in there, you need to hit that 18-point threshold as a minimum. And he's only met that two times this year out of the five games, and that was games against the Colts in Week 3 and the Jets in Week 4. Now, Julio Jones, we think he's going to be back. Temper expectations with him going into this. Temper expectations for A.J. Brown because we know what this Bills defense can do to you, especially to wide receivers. Julio Jones is projected to be the wide receiver 41. He's played in three games this season so far. But here's the thing. In two of those three games, he has less than eight fantasy points. And if it wasn't for that game against the Seahawks, it would likely be three. Yet he still, he still leads this Titans team in receiving yards with 204. That's 17.0 yards per reception. I don't know why I said 0, .0, but it's what I have written down. Now, that's bad. But here's the thing. Both Jones and Brown have watched the last couple of games from the sideline. They haven't had any game reps, and now they're facing this Bills secondary that literally 
had the worst game they could have possibly had this season. I use this really tongue-in-cheek, where Tyreek Hill had 67 yards receiving. So you got two receivers coming off of an injury who haven't seen much game action, now have to draw one of the best, if not the best, secondaries in the National Football League. I'm sorry, advantage, Bill, secondary when it comes to this. You know, A.J. Brown, he's literally the third best Brown this week when it comes to projections. He's projected at wide receiver 32, and it's easy to see why. Antonio Brown, he just went off on Thursday Night Football. Marquise Brown is straight out balling right now. Oh, and A.J. Brown, he's coming off that hamstring injury in which he only had 38 receiving yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Heck, forget about being the third best Brown. He's the fourth leading wide receiver on this Titans team behind names like Julio and Jeremy and Chester. You know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to mention Chester Rogers in this preview, but technically he is second in the team in receiving yards with 179. And technically he's in a seven-way tie for second in touchdowns with one. Yes, Derrick Henry literally has every other touchdown. Now, we talk about it. This team is Derrick Henry. Now, Fast Points has a projective at running back four. He is clearly the king at the running back position. He is on pace for back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons. To put that into perspective, that's never been done. We can't even put that into perspective. In fact, no back in the history of the NFL even has two 2,000-yard seasons to their credit. Henry has 640 yards rushing through five games. He is averaging, or sorry, and is averaging 128 yards per game. The Titans as a team have 13 touchdowns. Derrick Henry is directly responsible for seven of those. Now, Henry's 134.5 fantasy points in PPR are 15.2 more than Austin Eckler, who sits second. And Henry's next closest back uh, in rushing is Nick Chubb, who sits back 117 yards behind Henry's 640. Now, Henry has 110 rushing yards or more in each of the last four games. You have to go back to week one against Arizona to find a game in which Henry did not rush for 100. The Cardinals limited Henry to 58 yards rushing, but he also had 19 yards receiving. That's still 77 yards from scrimmage, which is not a bad game. That all said, we know that game more so as the Chandler Jones game. I think he had like five sacks in, which was absolutely insane. So you can understand maybe why Henry wasn't as effective because that Cardinals defense was getting in, getting after Ryan Tannehill. Now, the other running back here to kind of note, just because I, you know what? Let's just talk about him here anyway. Jeremy McNichols. Why not? Why why add Jeremy McNichols to this preview? Well, technically, he he too is ahead of A.J. Brown in receiving yards. Jeremy McNichols has a very sneaky 160 receiving yards through five games. He has 17 receptions, 23 targets, and not to kick A.J. Brown while he's down, but the last three games he was healthy, he failed to produce more than 50 yards in each of them. And I'm talking about A.J. Brown here, 49, 43, 38. While we had, Jeremy McNichols did have a 74-yard receiving game against the Jets back in week four, now... This is how bad. This is probably picking on A.J. Brown a little too much here right now. But if you take the three games in which Jeremy Jeremy McNichols had 20 or more receiving yards and you add in his rushing yards, and you know how much rushing yards you're going to have when you're behind Derrick Henry, 
Sadly, they do kind of resemble A.J. Brown's numbers. He's had 35 yards from scrimmage, 29 yards from scrimmage, and 33 yards from scrimmage. That's Jeremy McNichols. Now the tight end position. Anthony Ferkster, tight end 20 projected. McCole Pruitt, yeah, he's there too. If you combine the stats of both these tight ends, you have one serviceable tight end. Not a good one, but a serviceable one. Unfortunately, there's rules against starting a tight end position for a team. Apparently, you can't just go, I'm going to choose, I'm going to put in the Titans tight ends for this week. No, you don't get that option. Now, you combine the two, you got 16 receptions, 142 yards, and one touchdown. If you're wondering, that's if you combine the two, okay? Which is very disappointing this season because when you look at the back end of last year and what Anthony Ferkster was doing when Jonah Smith wasn't playing, and you kind of projected onto what we saw possibly coming from this year. I saw him having a significant role in this offense that just has not materialized so far through five games. And it really doesn't look like it's going to be a thing. Now, the steal a tweet, because I'm probably just looking to pile on A.J. Brown a little bit more. Maybe, maybe a good tough love is what he needs. But to steal a good uh, tweet from a good friend of mine, Joe Dolan there at Fantasy Points, the Titans leading receivers this year, week one, Chester Rogers. Week two, Julio Jones. Nick three, uh, Week three, Nick Westbrook, um, Akaim. I can't even pronounce it. You know I can't talk. And then week four, Jerry Mc, Jeremy McNichols. And then week five was Marcus Johnson. Yeah, let that sink in for a bit. Now, I have the Bills winning this one. I have the Bills winning this one big time. Unless the Titans can get that run game going and really shorten the clock, the Bills have put together a great offense with an equally as impressive defense as is evident by 108-point differential through five games. That point differential is 46 points better than the next closest team, which happens to be the earlier-mentioned Arizona Cardinals. So when you're looking at this game closely, there's a very good chance that it could get out of hand early. It could get out of hand often. I don't see the Titans' defense being able to keep up with this Bills' offense. And I see the Bills' offense being able to shut down the passing game. So it's really going to come down to the Bills' D versus Derrick Henry. Now, when you look at this, when they start stacking the box, they let the man-up coverage on the outside. I really think that this is going to be the Bills game. I think it's a get-right game for Stephon Diggs. I think you're going to see the Bills win this one and win it big. Uh, for a number, for a stat, whatever you want to call it, let's call it let's call it 34-17 Bills in this game. They're going to hit that, all those numbers there. They're definitely going to cover, in my opinion. But with that all said, that is my Monday Night Football preview. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope I've given you some stats and numbers to kind of go into your DFS or your weekly lineup or whatever it might need to be. And kind of looked a little bit deeper inside those numbers. So if you liked it, make sure you hit that like button there. Make sure you check out the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast every Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern. That's myself and Tara, Major, Calvin. We get together 10 p.m. Eastern, do a week preview give you some starts and sits, give you some waiver wire uh, advice. And of course, we answer each and every one of your questions that you bring onto the show. We go live, that is, every Wednesday. That said, we'll see you next week. Take care.